Welcome to a podcast. A good podcast about board games and my wife. A very good podcast in which I persuade her. Also, let's not start by saying very good. We don't understand it yet. Is it, yeah, but it's ironic. Why is it ironic? What's the irony? I think maybe this is a good intro. This is the top of my love. Hello, welcome to Board Games and My Wife. This licks by the microphone. I know, he just does. Is, does that sound really weird on the, on, on yes, the thing? Yeah, it does. It does. Oh, good, good. <laughs> Hello, welcome to Board Games and My Wife with me, Jack, and my dog, Rupert. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. Hello. Hello. <laughs> With my wife Lottie. Oh yeah, thanks. You're not the dog. Thank you. Um, hi, this is a Birdwood Games podcast. Birdwood Games being our board game publisher with projects coming to Kickstarter this autumn. Tell us about and them. I can actually, actually tell you about them right now because today is the day where I told people what the name of the game was. What's the name of the, what's the, name of the game? Is that an ABBA song? It is an ABBA song. And I'm not going to sing it though because of our copyright, copyright strikes. Yeah, and they will immediately notice. Um, they'll be like, wow, he sounds like Bjorn. Is that Abba? Probably. Um, <laughs> sounds about but is right. it Benny and Bjorn? That sounds about right. So the name of the game is Dog Park. You can find it on Board Game Geek. Should dog you like to. Space Park. Yeah, so dog spelled D O G, space <laughs> park spelled P A R K. Sometimes, Zed. yeah. We have had the feedback that we t- speak very quickly and sometimes yes. it just sounds like a blur. So spelling necessary for important information. Uh, so yeah, so we've announced the game today on our Instagram feed, which is Birdwood Games, at Birdwood Games. Uh, you can see some very early versions of dog cards that are going to be in the game, mm-hmm, which mm-hmm. look really exciting. Um, and some of the art. And some of the art. So the art's done by Holly Exley and the graphic design, digital art and product design is done by Dan May, um, who are, they're both just incredibly talented artists. And game design's done by you. The game design's done by me. <laughs> I'm quite talented. <laughs> well done, me. Um, but yeah, so there's all sorts of interesting cr- stuff cracking off now for Dog Park. We can finally say what its name is rather than saying the game. Which yeah, is we're very mysterious. Probably a bit too long, really. Yeah. If you've been, if you're still interested, thanks so much. <laughs> but it's exciting. Also, subscribing to our newsletter, you're going to find out some some, some top things. Have I jumped the gun here? You haven't jumped the gun. I'm just interested to see where you're going. Do you know where you're going? I'm off. I'm going into this path now. The question is, is it is it, is it going to get me through, or is it a cul-de-sac? It may be a cul-de-sac, but you should subscribe to our newsletter because that's where all the news about Dog Park will be going out first. It's also where we put all of our competitions, our offers, our giveaways, which is the same as a competition, that's a synonym. It's also where we put our exclusive content. So in the newsletter that's just been out, we had a really wonderful interview with Elizabeth Hargrave, which I told you about in the last episode. Um, And in the next uh, newsletter, there'll be another interview. There'll probably be another competition. There'll be more stuff about Dog Park. It's all cracking off. It is, and we'll be shouting out various people to do various things oh yes in the next newsletter we'll be looking for reviewers so if you're interested in reviewing a dog themed midweight accessible game then please do sign up for the newsletter as that's what we'll be asking for people to come on board yes yeah, so it's all it's all it's all going on it's yeah. all battle stations what like you know when people shout battle stations and we get into the battle stations i'm now imagining a load of little floofy dogs with helmets on being like let's go lads <laughs> man, man in the fort it's battle stations they're pressing the buttons on the keyboard getting things going I imagine so yeah so yeah that's all cracking off if you want to keep up with uh, Birdwood Games you can do so on social media we're on Twitter and Instagram at Birdwood Games you can also go to our website which is where we keep interesting articles and competitions and more information about Dog Park that's birdwoodgames.co.uk come over and say hello also thank you so much for everyone who's been in my inbox in the past couple of uh, weeks I've enjoyed chatting to you about uh, Dog Park and also about other games so thank you keep sending your emails to us keep uh, asking questions we will answer yeah birdwoodgames at gmail.com we're like Jeeves use Ask Jeeves have you used Ask Jeeves I very briefly used Ask Jeeves yeah. this might just be a UK reference I think Ask Jeeves like... I think Jeeves was global I think he was global not I think for, he was worldwide no no but do you remember though when we were like first got on the internet and it was like you actually chose. You actually had like a bit of a. You it wasn't just like you go to Google to use things. You actually chose what browse like what search engine. Isn't use. Ask Jeeves a bit proper in terms of like? It's a butler. Well, he's sorting it out, isn't he? Yeah, but do we need that kind of like? He's a, he's a, he's a butler. He's a he's a, he's a butler in his profession. You know, I he gets paid for it. I hope. Yeah, but who's he butling for? Us. Yeah, but we shouldn't be, should he? <laughs> Jeeves is just as valuable as we are. Free Jeeves, I say. <laughs> Free Jeeves, that campaign. Free Jeeves. Yeah. Do you remember those? Yahoo, Yahoo was there. Yahoo. And did anyone used to play games on Yahoo Kids? 
Anyway, what even is Yahoo Kids? Oh, it's a terrible repository of video, like not even video games. They're like just digital simulations, like flash games, where you just just like where you just load up in, on the screen. Yeah. And you this just, is like... someone who um, had um, my uncle gave my sister and I a PS One, and we were so buzzing to have a PS One. We played Spyro and Crash Team Racing, and it was like the best time of our life. And I'm pretty sure our mum threw it away. <laughs> she was like, "Get outside." <laughs> Oh, there you go that moment what your life could have been sliding doors moment your life could have been something different yeah. you could now be a video game journalist that's alright I found Yahoo Kids and yeah. their, <laughs> their selection of awful games and that didn't inspire you from a video game journalist funnily enough no it didn't um, I never played Yahoo Games Yahoo Kids it was Yahoo Kids yeah it was a laugh what? <laughs> I also had a, um, a PC game called Movie Maker Movie Maker? yeah is that just like video editing software? No, it was actually like a, it was a game about making films and you edited films. It was actually pretty decent. I remember you edited films. It sounds it sounds like video editing software. No, it was like you had different uh, like rendered characters. You could make do different things. Was it like a was it was it a game where you had to like build you built you own like a Warner Brothers style thing. You own like a construct. You own like a big production company and you built different buildings and sets and stuff. Possibly you there, there was there was I'm pretty sure a purple man. Who was like the main character that showed you around? Hold on, I'm just going to Google Movie Maker. Because I had a game when I was younger. It was similar ilk. It was a bit like The Sims, but it was for m- making films. And you could like... you could Yeah, it's called 3D Movie Maker. Let's have a look what this is. Because this might not be what I was thinking of. Oh my god, it looks god awful. <laughs> oh no, this is... No, this but is it what was I was decent. Thinking of. I had a game. I can't remember what it was called. It was called something like movies or at the movies or it was something like that. Where basically it was like it was like The Sims. It was like a sim game where you owned a production company. And you had to like make films. And you had to like actually create the films and create the scenes and like have your actors act them out and do the stunts and those kinds of things. And you had to like build up your thing. I thought that was what it was, but no, you just no. you just show me. It's this. actually really really. It was really good though. And my sister and I used to have a great time on a Saturday morning. My parents, I think, were asleep, and I vividly remember my sister would bring in, like, a tray of rich tea biscuits, the saddest of the biscuits. <laughs> that is the saddest of the <laughs> and biscuits. And we'd play 3D Movie Maker. I don't know why I'm telling you this. I, I don't know. This is, like, I feel like over the weeks, this has become, like, a counselling session for you to, like, share these things with you. I'm not sure what you're counselling here, just this naff game that you played when you were younger. It really was <laughs> And it left a scar, really in, scar on it your was, memory. It was really good. And if anyone else played 3D Movie Maker, it was a 90s PC game. Get in touch, because I think we'd be kindred spirits. <laughs> There you go. There you go. That's 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 top bananas. <laughs> I don't know where you're going with that. Um, should we talk about board games? Board games. Do you think that's why the people came? Possibly, or they came to hear our prattle. They want to hear about 3D Movie Maker. And oh, maybe we, should, maybe we should make that into the next board game. 3D Movie Maker, the game. The graphics are terrible. They look really bad now. But it was the nineties, in fairness. It was the nineties. You forget the nineties. How long ago was the nineties? Oh God, don't say that. Is that's like tw- over twenty years ago? Crumbs. That's scary that when you hear that, isn't it? And you're like, wow. Makes you feel old. <laughs> Life is fleeting. Life is fleeting. Anyway, should we talk about something that's more less existential? Yes, what so what are we here to do today? Why, why are we here? We're gonna be talking about Ooh. That's odd. We're gonna be talking about <laughs> Magpie. <laughs> it just Well I I, I, I know, I know, you know it's that for you. No, it's, it's, it, it's that thing. You know that thing people are scared of what? with lots of holes. People are really creeped out by it when things have got lots of holes in them. I don't know what that if is. There's a phobia. People, and there'll be people listening to this now who will be crawling me describing this. There's a phobia of people who have like... So, for example, like... Well, why um, are you describing it then, you cruel person? Torturing some various people. Um, you know, like a, bee, like a bee... a bee, You know, like a bee's honeycomb thing. Like that kind of yeah. thing where it's like loads of little holes close together. People find that like horrible. People find that really creepy, unsettling, yeah. If you do find that creepy and unsettling, don't look too closely at the cover of Letter Jam. Um, <laughs> we're going to be talking today about... <laughs> That's quite sinister. It's just a strawberry. <laughs> yeah, it looks weird. It does look weird, um, doesn't it? We're going to be talking about multiplayer games that play really well uh, as two players. So this is like the, one of the questions that Jack and I get a lot, which is, uh, what games can I buy that I'll enjoy as a two-player experience, but will also scale up really well for when I've got company around, or I decide to invite my friends, should they be lucky enough to get an invitation? Um, and this is the kind of game that Jack and I also really love. We love buying two-player games because we do a lot of our games two-player, but also it's really nice to have a game that plays brilliantly at two and then we can share with other people. Yeah, it is. It, that is, that is, it's also quite nice to have a two-player, and I think this is true of the games on this list, but we'll see, where the, the two-player experience feels different to the multiplayer experience. It's not just like, okay, this is the, the same experience, which is, which is fun, but it's like, oh, it's actually a slightly different experience that I'm getting for whatever reason. Yeah. That's always quite fun as well. Yes. 
Yeah, definitely. Uh, before we get into that, though, should we talk about what's caught our respective eyes? We shall. I've bought three things this week. Crumbs, I've only bought one. You crack on. Well, my first thing is a game that is... but It's caught my eye. I'm not sure if I... I, I it's caught my eye, but I'm not sure if I like it or not. I don't okay. know. What is it? It's a game called Ice. Oh. By, thief. Thief. By my thief. I by told you about this, this week. way. So ice is a game about effectively digging down underneath the ice to to find artifacts and all sorts of all sorts of wonderful things. It's on Kickstarter currently, and it will still go on Kickstarter when this episode is comes out. It's actually on. It's that? actually on. Yeah, is it's it 20, funded? Twenty. Uh, yeah, it's funded. funded. Oh, it's good. Double, double funded. So it's, it's, it's made its money, and it's got twenty three days to go as of recording. So probably have about eighteen by the time people are listening to this. Um, possibly less if you if you're not listening to it straight away. So it should still be live, but if not, it will come after that. And what's weird, interesting and weird about this is it looks like a hexagonal, it's a hexagonal sort of board you're laying out with lots of layers to it that you're digging through throughout the game and things are revealing themselves underneath them in terms of, in terms of artifacts, in terms of items and all those kinds of things are appearing underneath them, which it looks absolutely fascinating. However, it does look like a nightmare to set up. That was the first thing I thought about when I saw this. It's, I think, um... Yeah, having the multi-layered board, a multi-layered hex board, which I assume is a multi-function, multi-setup hex board. I would assume that's why they've done it in hexes, yeah, so you can shuffle it and draw it, it, yeah. It does look a bit like, unless if there's a really clever, and there might be a really clever way that this all slots together, it does look like, how on earth am I going to set, what What if my table moves something, like what if something moves, this is going to be ruined. But it does, it is incredibly effective in terms of... Ooh, magnets! Oh, that seems to be that seems to be the maybe that's the that's the super duper version. That I may have given promise of magnets, but oh no, the magnets I think clip the board together. Oh, it looks like it's doesn't the board itself looks like a sort of a, a deep container that fits things in? I'm just still skeptical. It's going to be one of those things that's going to take like an hour and a half to set up, and it's going to be like, is it going? Is that going to be a prohibitor? But it doesn't really. Fa- I, I'm always intrigued when things I, are trying things different. I didn't know this was on Kickstarter, and I think this really looks really cool. And I'm really tempted to back this, partly because I also really like the vibe of it. So yeah. an exploring game that isn't that doesn't seem to be that combative or competitive it doesn't seem to be like you're colonising anything which is always nice it just looks like you're exploring the unpopulated the art's really nice I've got like like, creatures in there that seem natural I say seem natural I'm pretty sure it's a saber tooth tiger now to be fair it's not not, not unnatural but it's like I don't think they're around cracking around these days it Um, is clever it is clever it is clever it is clever I am intrigued by it I am what like I'm wary of it is like is it one of those things that's going to be what you set it up every now and again and and not play it but the part of me that that makes it interesting. I think that makes it really, really interesting. Yeah, definitely. So that's ice by this way. Okay, I think you should go next because you've got three. So. Okay, so staying with the theme of wetness, uh, that just came out worse than I meant it to come out. <laughs> that sounded very sophisticated. Staying with the theme of cold and staying with the theme of like water. Yeah, that's better. But, but I said I didn't think with the theme with the theme of wetness. <laughs> I've got a game. I said I've got a game. I didn't. I didn't make the game. There is the expansion to Aquatica. Oh, interesting. Called Aquatica Cold Waters. Aquatica what lives in the cold by Cosmodrome Games. I assume, like, water critters live in the cold waters. Are they, like, um, the fish with the lights on top of their heads? That's what I assume, and, like, big giant squids and stuff. Because I assume if you go really deep, it's, like, it's like pretty chilly. Um, you know, well, not, not, we, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much uh, whatever they're called, deep sea biologist or... A marine biologist? Mar- possibly, yeah. No, I'm no deep sea biologist. <laughs> if you know the terms, you know it. Um, See, so yeah, if you go... <laughs> it's pretty chilly down there, you know, when you go real far down, mm. where the pressure swishes you like a tin can or whatever it's called however it works but yeah so cold water I don't know much about it I just saw the front the front box cover looks beautiful um, and it looks quite like the first Aquatica though doesn't it Is yeah it? I, I, I haven't like I, said, I haven't seen many images of the, of the screen I think one thing we commented on the first one the art was a bit um it's so buff. Buff, buff, buff people. They're really rippling. Buff. The people but you would be, because we've explained, I think we've had this discussion on this very podcast, that all the, all the pressure, you know, it would just make you very strong. Yeah, or you'd be a pancake person. <laughs> Do you think Aquatica cold water... I'm not sure if, it, if Aquatica is, like, if it's like really scientifically deep, accurate. Is it going to be like blobfish people down the bottom? <laughs> like, I don't know. That's what yeah, they're so, expansion to Aquatica coming uh, in September, so look out for that if you if you liked Aquatica. Uh, yeah, so I think I'm looking forward to that. I, hope, I wonder what it does to the base Aquatica. Um, I just, it's definitely caught my eye. Yeah, I'm disappointed that we haven't got any cards for um, card previews in this yet. I'm looking forward to seeing if they're more buff, rippling flesh people. You know. There we go. That's my second game. Shall I go? Shall I go? Shall I go, shall I go straight again? So I just go bang, 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 bang. Why bang. not, lad? Let's just, let's just let's just be smashing things down. <laughs> Speaking of smashing things down, something that we like to smash down of an evening in this house: chai tea. 
We are very sensible. No caffeine before, after five. Before lunchtime, we'll have a chai tea. Yeah, before ten. So, obviously. Or just chai, rather, because that's a. You're saying I know twice. you're saying tea tea. Is it called me, chai tea? Huh? It is actually called chai tea. The, the game, <laughs> so, so, obviously, people know the game chai. I think it's called chai tea, the game. The, the game chai. Oh, but is it called chai colon tea for two? Yeah, so can't, yeah, you're right. You are correct. Yeah. You are correct. That's so all right, th- that's what I'm talking about. So you spoiled it for me. I thank you. So I'm going to throw it and leave. <laughs> chai. <laughs> tea. I actually just thought it was chai tea for two. No, chai tea, tea for two. Tea for two. Or chai chai for two. Chai, chai, chai means tea. Yeah, I know chai means tea. I, you tell me this fact every day when I was like, "You like a chai tea?" And you're like, "By the way, did you know I've consulted my book? <laughs> chai means tea." I'm like, yes, I know. I'm just offering you a cup of tea. Well, it just sounds silly. And it must sound silly, especially. It's like it's like one of those triggers. Like, for example, some people get really annoyed if you say ATM machines. Yes. They want to say so there are certain things. Let us know what your thing is. My, do you want to know like, what mine is? And I make them say often. So I'm uh, working marketing in my day job, and quite often I'll talk about SEO optimization, which is search engine optimization. There's, uh, there's there's one that I do quite. I trust. I do most of them quite a lot. I'm just like, <laughs> hello. <laughs> I don't know words. <laughs> No, but yeah, it's, it, it's people. People have specific triggers where you say those things. Like ATM, ATM machine. People don't. People don't like that one. Who says ATM? Cash machine, surely. Yeah, cash machine works. Oh, who uses cash in this day and age? The last time I went to a cash machine, I think it was like well over a year. I have ago. got. A te- I took a ten pound note out from the cash machine before Christmas. <laughs> in 1966. Yeah, before Christmas, because we were going to buy a hot hot pork roll with it. Because <laughs> we weren't sure if they take card. Lo and behold, they took card. <laughs> Uh, so I've got that ten pound note sitting in my wallet. It's, and it's a and very it's, nice it's, hot pot roll. It was a it? very nice hot dog pot roll. Tried to eat it. Dog, dog did try to eat it. The dog looked very angry that he couldn't have any of the hot pot roll. Um, uh, we've got a crackling and apple sauce. It was very nice. Not crackling. No, no, no. I had crackling in mine. No, I didn't. Yeah, no, because you don't like crackling. No. Yeah, uh, but, but yeah. So that that ten pound still sitting in there. So we don't use ATM machines. Or ATMs. Or ATMs. Yeah. For so anyway, so chai tea for two. Back back to board games. Chai tea for two by Steep Games. No, you're saying it wrong. You're getting the intonation wrong. It's chai tea for two, not chai tea life. for two. Chai two for tea. <laughs> that, that also would, works. That, that would solve the game. Solve the problem. Solve the problem. Is is a two player version of chai? So actually, we've never we've never actually played chai, but chai's been one of those games that's always been like on the periphery of like. What's the looks, crack with chai? I think you are growing tea. Are you growing it? I think so. You're not just brewing it. I don't. I think you're growing tea. Yeah, you're 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 yeah you're harvesting tea. So I'm assuming in the in the in the we were that's certainly what we're doing in this version. No, you're a tea merchant. Oh, you're a tea merchant. Well, in in Shall you step into the shoes of a tea merchant combing tea flowers to make oh tea flavors sorry to oh no combining sorry I can't read combining tea flavors to make a perfect blend. Well, in this one, it looks like you're doing something similar, but you look like you're growing. Are there any growing. dragons in it? Uh, yes, there's quite a few dragons. Actually, it's fifty percent dragons on the cards. Um, no, I think I think this looks this looks really. Um, it looks sweet. It, it looks, looks really, really sweet. sweet. It looks really sweet, and I, I I just think it just looks like. I wonder why they've done an expansion though, because chai. It's not an expansion. It's a, it's it's it's, it's, off, two, it's a, a two player, but chai plays from one to five, so it does play with two. So maybe they wouldn't what they wouldn't be included in this episode. But, don't you say but yeah, and I, and I wonder if actually they thought, you know what? There's a market for games where you take the base game and then you just make a two-player version of it so yeah. for example i mean seven wonders comes to mind seven wonders jewel there's cosmic encounter and cosmic encounter jewel there's quite a few games where, they, where that's done i haven't played the full seven wonders so i can't comment on how well that plays it too but there's a but it is interesting an, in, an interesting thought that they decided to go for a well, two-player two version try the base game says it's 20 to 60 minutes so it's like how much more I wonder how different the two-player version is. Hmm, yeah. Interesting, though. Yes. Was that your last one? That was my last one, yes. Do you want to hear about mine? What is yours? Is it something to do with creatures, magic, or magical creatures? No. (laughs) (laughs) I was hopping around the interweb the other day, and I found this game called Space Dragons um, by Pegasus Spiel, and it's a trick-taking game, so it sounds a little bit like Fox in the Forest, um, and so it looks like a really small, so it's £11, uh, it looks like a really small game, so it's... Uh... Oh, no, it's three to five players! Oh, Wouldn't make it on the list. We can't play it. Gutted. Anyway, if you've got three to five players in your abode, it plays for 20 minutes and it's got dragons on. And you have to um, draft a crew of nine nine dragons, which I think sounds really fun. Alas, I've been catfished by the player count. It's always about me a catfish back. Maybe they'll bring out, bring out dragons for two. Three to five... <laughs> I hope so. Three to five player counts I would find really irritating. I'd find them irritating too. Like, why can I not play with two players? Like, why have you not designed a game 
that plays for two players. For Christ's sake, that's like any any game, isn't it? It's like why have you designed this to go to six players? Why yeah, have you designed this to one player? Yeah, but some, but for some games, I do think that you can't scale up to large player counts without dramatically increasing the game. I don't see why you could. Like, it depends what the core mechanic is. If there's a core mechanic in it that revolves around. To be fair, there's one. I don't know. I don't see why there is in a trick-taking game. I feel like you could. We've played trick-taking games too. I was just thinking about the game Cryptid, which is about. The yeah, level of could, hidden information, like it's physically impossible to play that at two. Yeah, because I think in that, in the problem with that one is, 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 is yeah, once you've worked out you, you, what the other person has got, it's game over. What, I don't know what the Space for Dragon's excuse is, and. Maybe they don't need an excuse. Maybe well, their, their vision was a three to five player game. Maybe. You're getting too happy about it. I'm not. Can't have the Space Dragon. So, what, what we're saying is, I, actually don't I know, bought I... three games to the table <laughs> uh, of, of, you know, that we've discussed. I think we might be interested in and this. And you bought a game to the table that we can't even get. We could get it, theoretically, and other people might be interested in it. I hope they are. I'm not, but I hope they are. Shall we talk about our multiplayer games that play well at two? The games you can actually play at two, and actually we would recommend it to. We're not necessarily recommend it to, but we would recommend to play it too. You know what? Most of these, I would rather play it too. I agree, actually. I think there's elements of them definitely where you would play them more, but sometimes these games you look at and think... Particularly a few of them where you're like, oh, it's quite a big thing. And maybe you think, oh, actually better, more players and all the rest of it. But actually, no, if you're just two people, I would get these games for that purpose of them being two. Yeah, yeah. And I think that this list is, again, this is an absolute cracker of a list. There are some absolute belters um, of games on this list. And I would recommend that you play every single one of them. The strongest recommendation. Would you like to go first or second today? I would like to go second. Okay. I'll go first, as is the order of things. Um, <laughs> as is the way. <laughs> as is the way. Uh, the first one on my list is going to be... Actually, I'll do this one first because I've already spoiled it. Um, is Letter Jam uh, by Czech Games Editions. And this is a really nice cooperative word game and is... No, it's not the only cooperative game on our list, but it is a cooperative game that Jack and I enjoy, which if you were a long-time listener, you will know is a big deal. And it's also a game that I think... This plays well with, I think, with two players or any player count. I think you get a really nice experience, whatever game, whatever count you're playing at. But I think it plays surprisingly well at two because it is more like a party game. Or at least in my mind, I'm thinking of it more of as a game that you play with a group as a warm up. Or yeah, it's interesting this one. We actually this we we met the designer at Essen, didn't we? We did, yes. And he was very nice. And he, he's uh, Andras Scoopy. Yeah, I mean, he tried to teach us the game with two people who did not speak a word of English. I know. And obviously we don't speak, we, um, we don't speak a word of, of what was German. So therefore it was like, this is going to be tricky to play a word game with people. Yeah, but it was, it was still fun. Wasn't um, that an interesting little bit of English arrogance there? Yeah, yeah, we didn't speak we a word. Were, we, were, we, were, we, weren't, we, were, we weren't there, just be like bitter. That's was, that was all I know. Um, what does that mean, little? No, I thought it thank you. Oh, does it? I thought it was Dankeschön. Oh no, what does bitter mean then? Does it mean small? I didn't I do, do German, so I don't know. <laughs> bitter, does bitter mean like cheer, like thanks? Hold on. You're welcome. Oh, okay, close enough then, close enough. I'm in the ballpark, in the ballpark. <laughs> Off manners. <laughs> you, you just shout it if you're English, you just shout it louder. You just shout thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome, exactly. you just scream it, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, yeah. We're just rude, that's what we are. Um, but anyway, it was one of those ones where we played it and then we played it a lot in the airport, funnily enough, on the way home, and then we played it since, obviously. And actually, two players, it's really fun because it's like, it's it's cooperative, so you've got that kind of, you've got that, it's, you're working together to solve the puzzle kind of thing. But it's, it's because it's, it's two, it's kind of, it's very much back and forth, like you're, you're, you're taking it in turns to do the thing rather than it being a wider sort of circle of being like, oh, now it's your turn, now it's your turn, now, now we're kind of moving around. It was kind of very much back and forth, which led to some quite funny moments of it being like, it's also like, it's quite funny when you fail because it's not like one person's let the group down and it's a bit like, oh, you've, you've, you've yes, got it wrong. It's yeah. like, oh, that's quite funny, you failed. Because actually then it's directly your your it's directly your partner's, probably part of your partner's fault as well because they're giving yeah. you bad clues or whatever it is. So it's yes. like... That's... Yeah, then you haven't got a weak link in the team rather than um, in a, in the two-player version. It's just the two of you working it out. It's like, oh, my bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so Letter Jam is a really nice one to play it to. You don't... I think you the, the experience at two players is very similar to the experience at uh, three to six. It plays up to six players. But what I think is really nice about this game, and I think that we said it when we discussed it before, is it really is a team effort. Someone can't carry this game because if they do, then the team doesn't win. So everyone has to contribute to the the success of the team together. It's also a really replayable game. So if you don't succeed, 
you can very easily have the appetite yes. for another game straight away, which we do when we play. Um, and it's a really fun, uh, sweet, and I think engaging word game. Yeah, really cool. engaging word game. And it's rattly. Rattly, rattly, rattly. So, from word game to word game. Does it rattle? It it rattles and prattles. Can you guess the game from the rattle? Can you guess the game from the shake? Oh, it's, a, it's a bag of letters, and that bag of letters is also known as Bananagrams. Bananagrams! One, one of your favourite games of all time. Um, I think it's published actually by, by Bananagrams Inc. I think the, com- the company are called Bananagrams Inc. Uh, and it's designed by uh, Renan Nathanson and Abe Nathanson. Um, I'm assuming related. Um, and it's a... Or not. Or a not. huge coincidence. That's a huge coincidence, exactly. That bananas and words brought them together and they were like, this is fate. <laughs> so what, but what is Bananagrams? Bananagrams is like, it's like a speed drafting scrabble, sort of like, you know, kind of connecting words, creating game. Very quick, very easy, really simple. You're quite quite fun actually, um, and I think the reason why this plays really well at two, from my experience of it, is that the, the cool thing is you're you're doing lots of things where you're one of the key mechanics in the game is you you when you run out of letters you draft a letter and then everybody gets a letter and it's kind of just like it's what's going on there and also you need to kind of the the winner isn't who spells the most words or the best words the winner is the first person to. It's the first person to be out of letters, isn't it? When, yeah. the, when, when the game's out of letters. So not yeah. just being out of letters, when the game is out of letters, the first person to be out of letters. So actually, you can win with not playing many words at all, in reality, to play to your opponent, or you can win by playing really short words, which is interesting. So what makes it... At two, what's really interesting is that it's a... You can keep an eye on what your opponent's doing. Yeah. So you can see how many letters they've got left. You can see what's going on with them. You can see where they are. And it means you can you can kind of concentrate on that and then use that as part of your own strategy and you kind of gauge how far or not far you are from winning. When we, when you play it with more than two, it is a bit frantic, and which, is, which is fine, but it is frantic and there's no point trying because it's like yeah. concentrating on three or four different people but it's also, like, I don't I think, know what's going on. I think with two as well, I actually think that when... Not with two. When you play with more than two in this game, I actually think it benefits the more confident spellers in the game because yeah. everyone is receiving... So when someone um, is out of letter tiles, they draw from the, t- the pile and everyone gets an additional one. And so that means that the distribution of letter tiles is less frequent. Yeah. Um, and that means that if you're a confident speller, it's quite then manageable to yeah. um, make words. Yeah. And so I think that at two players, it, you kind of, if you're out of the trip, I think, I think it's fair to say that I'm probably more confident with spelling. Sure, but, um, but because of the rapidity in which I was having to assimilate letters yeah. meant that that, not, that necessarily wasn't the best thing for me to be doing to making long words and like it might it might be better like and you have one the, the strategy with making shorter words and more combinations and and doing that kind of thing yeah, so which, I do think it's interesting yeah it's interesting and it's kind of like it's kind of like there's, there's a nice balance between having you have to ultimately you have to burn down the pile of letters so it's like what do you do you know, do you try and let your opponent do it or do you try and do it and and that leads to interesting things so I think it's one of those, it becomes a quite a tight little fun game too and it plays really quickly too as well which yeah. is really nice it goes really fast you say yeah. that, but it's addictive. It's Once right. We, 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 we all like... sit and play rounds and rounds and rounds. Yeah, it's a good one. It is a good one. Okay, so the next one on the list is Photosynthesis by Blue Orange um, and devised... Devised? Designed by... Devised. Ham, <laughs> by Hal Mahash. And uh, Photosynthesis plays usually uh, with two to four players and 45 to 60 minutes. Um, and in this game, you have a 3D map of a forest and each player has a different colour of tree, and you're trying to grow your trees to um, have the best access to sunlight. So you have to think about the positioning of your trees so larger ones don't rock out smaller ones. You have to be aware of the position of your opponent's trees for the same reason, so your trees can get access to the sunlight. And you have to grow and expand your own um, forest to get as, uh, as many points as possible. So it's basically an area control game that works in the vertical as well as the horizontal, which makes it an incredibly beautiful and engaging play. And I think not unique because there are some other games that have this kind of component style, but it does make it very eye-catching and, and quite unusual in board games. The reason I think it plays really nicely at two players is because there is enough room to move around and to do the to feel like you can execute your strategy while still be competitive in terms of area control so it's i think when you play this with three or four players i actually find it 
too congested and I find that my strategies are cut short and I have to pivot quite a lot um, rather than see strategies through to fruition which is fine as it, and is interesting in a way but when you play at two players you have the opportunity to see strategies through to do a lot of forward planning because there is enough room for both players to be on the board um, and then you basically are as good as your own strategy which I think is a more rewarding gameplay yeah I, I would completely agree with that I think it's that kind of feeling of like it's easier to play because because a lot of it is like growing the trees. So you plant a tree and it grows and it grows and it grows. So you've got to think like three turns ahead yeah. of like right, you planted that little acorn and it's going to grow into a three a big old tree that's going to block out all this stuff. And that when it's one on one, it's like okay, right, I think that's manageable. When it becomes what you know, two or three players, it does become a, it's a little bit chaotic to mm. a degree of being like oh that's grown up, that's now grown up, that's now grown up, and it kind of becomes more. And which which itself is an interesting that's a very interesting experience but it's not a um it's not kind of as 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 good as when it's it's almost like it's tighter when it's two you can really control and manipulate and try and corner your opponent and those kinds of things whereas with three it's you can kind of <laughs> Why are you laughing? I'm laughing because my assessment of it being a two-player game was there's room for everyone's forest. We can all have a nice time, and you're like you can control and manipulate your opponent. <laughs> That's how I see it too. You can you can you can corner That's your opponent an insight and, into your mind, and, and you could try and lay traps and those kinds of things and try and see if they work or not. Whereas when you get to three and four, it just becomes a bit like oh, you we're all, we're all, everyone's doing planting trees, so it's just kind of like oh, okay, this has happened now. Suddenly mm. we're all over here. Yeah, but um, a really beautiful game, and like I said, is a refreshing game to play, especially if you're fairly new to the hobby. This is a nice one that kind of opens up your eyes to be like, oh my gosh, we can. This is what a board game can be. Like this is a really um, lateral experience and, and very fun to play. Speaking of games that are look great on the table as they come together, and speaking of growing things, I'm going to talk about Takanoko by uh, Bombix uh, Games and designed by Antoine Buaza. Takanoko is a really kind of like lovely, beautiful looking... That's all the pieces falling out again, isn't it? It's a really beautiful game uh, about <laughs> about growing bamboo in a garden and feeding it to a panda. That's kind of really the gist of what the game is. And it's a hex laying game where you're kind of trying to grow these pieces of bamboo, you're moving this panda around, and ultimately you're trying to compete these like, objectives of growing bamboo at a certain height, laying certain tiles in certain ways, growing, um, having the panda eat certain things. And it's really, really just charming, beautiful, very simple, but not so simple that it's sort of mind-dumbing. And, and obviously it, the, the, the verticality of growing the bamboo is, is quite cool. The reason why I play this at two is because at three or four players, this game can... There's quite a lot of things. Like, for example, you might have a card that says you need to have two yellow bamboo at three height each. That's, that's your objective to well, achieve. I think before you continue, can I just interject? Mm -hmm. I think it's worth saying how much this game evolves over each turn. So the bamboo grows, the board grows itself. Yeah, and then the, and, and the pieces. And that's around. what I was, that's what I was going to get to. So the point is, is that you you might have a card that's very specific, and by the time it gets to your turn again, if you're more than two players, so much has happened to the board that it becomes quite tricky to manage. It mm. becomes quite tricky to actually say, I need these two yellow stacks at three. Um, three each, for example, and you know, but in that time, players have eaten the players have eaten the bamboo with the panda. Well, players players have, haven't eaten yeah, the bamboo. Yeah, the, the, the bamboo's the bam been eaten. The things have been grown. Things are various things have happened. Yeah. It's like oh, now I haven't achieved this objective anymore, or now I'm further away from it. Whereas with two players, it becomes a lot easier to control those elements. It becomes almost a bit of a different. It becomes much more actually much more of a strategic game yeah. because you're able to say, well, I know you, you next turn you can only do certain things. Therefore, you can't do this and this. So therefore, you can't touch those two pits over there, or you it would be very difficult for you to. So therefore, I'm going to try and achieve this thing or yeah. whatever it is. And that I think suddenly adds a layer of strategy to it, which allows, which really makes it really quite interesting at that kind of game. It takes it away from being more kind of like of a sort of fun casual experience of kind of just you know kind of like pan very beautiful sort of thing going around with a bit of bit of randomness to it to being quite strategic and quite like right I'm planning and forward planning and thinking three or four turns ahead and thinking I don't want to do so if I think I've worked out what you're trying to do I don't want to do things that are helping you do, do you those think things about that yeah Takenoka. I do yeah. yeah oh my god I cannot believe that when we play Takanoka and pretty much any game I just think about what I'm up to I'm having a nice time like sometimes I look at what you're doing I don't tend to play to like disadvantage you I'm just interested in what you're up to. I very much play like, right, here's a strategy. Even when you're 
when you're harvesting bamboo for a panda. Yeah, especially when you're harvesting bamboo for a panda. Because they're crafty. They're crafty. They're wily, those pandas. Mm. You need to think about what they're doing. Yeah, they're hungry for bamboo. This is a really sweet game, and I think a nice one... I think it's often described as a gateway game, but there's quite a lot going on here. It's another game that utilises vertical space, which is quite interesting to see. Yes. A game with a modular board that's being laid as the game is played. Um, you've got quite a lot of options as a player. There are like five or six actions that you can take. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's quite a lot going on for what is normally perceived as a simple game, but I think it's a really nice one to um, get stuck into and is incredibly visually engaging. Yes. Very good. Okay, so the next one on the list is Parks, designed by Henry Audubon and published by Keymaster Games. And Parks is a really beautiful uh, little game that plays for 30 to 60 minutes and you can play uh, with one to five players. And in Parks, you're hiking through the national parks of America, I think. um, It's America, yes. And collecting memories and admiring gorgeous scenery. And the way that works is that you move through a modular track that can be uh, moved around, collecting tokens, taking photographs, and basically collecting parks into your, I would say, memory bank, I suppose. And the way that you do that is you move two hikers along a track. And similarly to anything else that I feel like is relevant, it's actually not similar to anything that I've discussed, but the feeling is similar in terms of when you play with more players, it feels like a more congested experience. And so I really enjoy the two player version of Parks because it feels like, because you've got two hikers each, you're already investigating a multiple dynamic of, well, I've got this walker over here and this walker here and you can't move backwards. You can't um, indefinitely share the same tile Mm. um, and you are trying to get the most desirable uh, spots on on the route and so i think when you have more than two players it gets a bit like you feel like there's quite a lot is beyond your control it's interesting because this is a similar thing that we've mentioned with a few of these games it becomes a bit crowded mm. and it, and which which is which itself is interesting because fight competition for space all that and i get that and I, and I enjoy that but it's sometimes it is nice to be like i've got a bit more space yeah. and that's just a nice feeling i wonder as well if it's um because you and I so often play it too, we now prefer the space for strategy. Which Whereas possibly if you is, have, yes, we're um, uh, Yeah, if you have a, um, a regular gaming group that is three, four, five people, you might be conditioned to be like, well, I like the, the jostle of, of Yeah, that, yeah, that I think that's inter- it's very interesting because I feel like a lot of these kinds of games, Parks is an example, they feel almost like, like chess-like in that you're making those moves and thinking... If I go there, then you can't go there, or, or that might mean that you're going to do this and that and the other. And you're so, again, obviously, apparently you're not doing this, but I'm doing it. I'm paying attention to thinking, if I go there, that means you might go there or there, which whatever, whatever, whatever. Whereas when you, when you, as soon as you add a third variable to that of another person or, f- or four variables to that, it, that just becomes impossible because it's just like, I'm not, I can't, there's no yeah. computation in my head that's yeah. going to work for that. And it's just going to be, you know, it's going to be ridiculous. So it's kind of just like, yeah. That that that's to see what see, see what, let let it happen. Yes, and interestingly, because I don't think like that. When you add more players, um, in my experience, it's more of a fact that I can't behave in the way that I want to. Mm. It's not that I can't keep a track of you. It's that I would like to do certain things, and my paths are blocked off by other people. Yeah. which I suppose is two sides of the same coin. Yes, that's parks. Also, if you're not familiar with it, um, and you haven't seen parks before. I urge you to check this out. This is one of my favourite games to turn to um, on a Saturday or Sunday afternoon. Like I said, lovely playing time of 30 to 60 minutes. Absolutely beautiful art and a really nice production value as well. The next game is one that's actually, I would say it's one that's grown on us quite significantly. When we first played it, we were meh and it's grown on us since then. And that is Res Icana by Sandcastle Games, designed by Tom Lehman. So in Res, Arcana, <laughs> in Res Arcana, you take on the role of an alchemist, a druid, a necromancer, these kind of like, you know, like wrong, not necessarily wrong sorts, but you're messing with forces you probably shouldn't mess with, in my humble opinion. Um, you know, you'd be a villager. I'd be the accountant. <laughs> I don't think there's a counter. No. You'd, you'd be like the baker or something in this in this scenario. But well, he's, he does a very good job, unless you're in this, what's the, the one? Of the community. What's the one where the the Disney character Bell is like um, you, you're, you're like a simple 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 knob? He's like oh. It's the lyrics like um, there goes the baker with his bread like always <laughs> the same old bread and rolls to sell and he's like what the hell Bell I try hard with a variation. <laughs> this is my life. I need this. I need this to feed my family. <laughs> 
She is, she is like so smug, that character. She is just like, she thinks she's too good for those people. She thinks she's above them. She's, yeah. She definitely thinks she's above them. She dresses, they all dress in like like peasant garb and she's there in like blue I dress. They're fairly garbage. I thought she seemed like a big blue dress. No, they dress fairly similarly. Oh, okay, fair enough then. She but gives them the delivery. Still, she gives them a lecture about Where about, she's like, keep your roles, thanks. Yeah, keep your roles. <laughs> you just gotta make an honest living. Peasants. Do one. Probably are illiterate. <laughs> <laughs> I think she calls them all illiterate. She, she's like, I don't think she's like, carrying on stage, like, you can't read. Oh dear. Anyway, so back apart from that, um, so Res Arcana itself is a re- is a. How did we fall down that rabbit hole? I don't know how we fell down that rabbit hole because because you said I'd be a baker in my town and you be and you be the person going around insulting everybody, being like you're just you're players. I wouldn't. I'd be one of the um, magic. The wrong people. sorts. I don't think they're wrong sorts. I just think they're magicy. They're messing with force. They shouldn't mess with. Anyway, Res Arcana is a really interesting. Sounds a bit interesting... like the Magisterium. I hate to inform you. Res Arcana is a really interesting kind of like it's like it's like a. It's it, it. I would say it's mostly a hand management game. You have a deck of like twelve cards uh, that you that you start the game with, and that's all you have in the game, which kind of shook us in it initially. I think it's like twelve. It's a very low number, um, and it shook it shook us initially because it's like you're used to getting collecting cards and playing with all these things. But once you use your card, that's it. It's gone, and yeah. so you're kind of like waiting to see when you use them or how you use them and like what you do with them. And it's kind of like it's it's yeah. You're basically trying to generate resources to be able to buy these like I think they're locations you're trying to like unlock or, or, or gain control of uh, and so it's kind of how you're doing that with the cards you don't want to run out of run out of the 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 cards that you've got and it's kind of like it, it, it really is like again it's one of those ones where the reason why I think it's worked so well at two is because <laughs> I can't even imagine playing some more yeah, than two. Yeah, it, it, you can really kind of like pay attention to what your opponent's doing in terms of like because the location's often like this is a game where yeah, I pay attention. Yes, because often locations are like right. You need five black. I can't remember the blacks are, but I think like death, yeah. five <laughs> death for this one, and you need four red for this one, which is I think fire. So I can look at you and think, well, you've got no black and you've got three red, so you're probably trying to get that, that red one. So I'm gonna I'm not gonna bother playing this card that's gonna get me a red right now because that's not very good for me. And that kind of thing where. It's like that allows you to kind of manoeuvre around each other. But then also there comes an interesting point of being like, oh, you've got two red and I've got three red. And then if yeah. I put this one, I'll have four red that might make you think I'm going for that. But I'm actually going to do this over here. And it's like that kind of thing where it's like, yeah, this one really benefits from being able to pay attention to each other because of that collecting of the locations. Yeah. I think it was, I think the reason that Res Arcana grew on us is because we bought this game where we were in like the heyday of our gaming where we were playing Shards of Infinity and Hero Realms and I think we were really expecting deck a builder. very yeah. simple deck builder mm. that was uh, short, replayable and contained in what it was doing. And Res Arcana kind of takes the deck building interest and takes that to a new level. Um, and I think initially we were a bit like, oh, yeah. this isn't the same as the other we games. Didn't but actually, it, yeah, yeah it's, it's a really interesting play. Yeah. The next one and a absolute stalwart in our oh god game collection. That's heavier than I thought it would it's be. It's a heavy one. It's a, it's, um, a, it's a big heavy one. It is heavy. Heavier than I remembered it actually. That's mm. that's a large large egg. It's Scythe, uh, designed by Jamie Stegmaier and published by Stonemaier Games. Uh, it n- can play to from one to five players as the base game, but I'm pretty sure the expansions add a couple more uh, players, and it plays for 115 minutes apparently exactly. Um, and oh god, it's so heavy. And I'm sure a lot of you are familiar with Scythe. I do enjoy this at a larger player count. I think that it can be really fun when you have all the factions on the board. All, on the, all the factions on the board. It also looks brilliant does. at a larger player yes, count. Yes, that, that is one thing that does, um, does look fantastic. Yeah, the miniatures in Scythe, I think, are my favourite, possibly, of every game that we own. Yeah. Um, the mechs are really um, interesting and really well made, and the characters are so characterful. Um, can you believe it? Um, but the reason that I like Scythe at 2, similarly to Photosynthesis, is the area control element of this game. I like to do my own thing, and I think at two players, you're able to play Scythe without um, entering into combat. Should you want to do that, you could. The map is small enough for you to go and pursue combat. But in any area control game, I don't gravitate towards combat. In, in any, fact, ga- in any act- game, you don't gravitate towards combat. Well, I actively avoid it yeah. if possible. And with Scythe, I feel like there's so much to do. Uh, lots of exploring to do, lots of, um, you know, cultivating my land and um, getting on with my gubbins and getting popularity and mm. um, prestige. And I just don't want to fight someone. And in a two-player game, that can be absolutely done. If you have three or four players or more, have to fight someone. it's kind of like, well, I'm trying to... I need to win and I can... Yeah. I, if I, I can score two stars, win components yeah, two by fighting yeah. people, yeah. plus I need that land, so... Yeah 
hoik off you. Yes, it's very interesting playing it, playing it too, because it becomes it becomes a different game, and it becomes a one of you actually see you actually see the like game the world more, building, and yeah. you see the that's the thing you see the world more, you experience more of the, yeah. the picture cards with the story on you. You get to build more of your engine in terms of I'm producing this to build this to go over here to do this, and there is a little bit of competition for space, but it doesn't it doesn't often. And maybe that's because I know your style, so I don't, I don't often enter into hostilities with you, because um, I know you'll be cross. But, <laughs> and then uh, we'll enter into hostilities. Uh, yeah. um, and then our house will become an area control game. <laughs> I'll be like, into the garden. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, but anyway, it, 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 I know you don't like that. Like, and to be fair, I, what I like about, and this is what I like about stuff, I don't feel like I miss it by not doing that, because yeah. I know it's not something you like. I don't, I don't feel like I'm missing out. I don't feel like, oh, well, I really want to fire all these big weapons at you and do this like cool you thing. You know what I'd be and really like, interested in? In a game like this, where player interaction could score you points and it wasn't war, like what could get you com- competitive in player interaction that wasn't war? Do you know what I mean? What theme could that what do you be? What like competitive player interaction? Well, in this, for example, you can win points by winning battles with other players. Yeah. What um, dynamic could you have instead that wasn't battling? R- racing. First to, first to achieve something, first no, to no, do something. That still is the, we've come together and we're rolling dice against each other. What are we doing if we're not battling? Do you know what I mean? Like, what are combat cards if they're not for combat? But that's for they wouldn't be combat cards, would they? But yeah, but what could they be? But things like racing, things like things like trying to achieve something first, or, or physically racing, actually racing from point A to point B, rolling dice against each other, mm. or um, the, oh yeah, I'm sure I'm sure there's plenty of other things you could do in that space. But but, but combat is a very easy mechanic because it's like it makes sense. Yeah, but combat, it's so boring. And I I, I know and I never I know. set up well for it, and I'm just pissed off. <laughs> Yes, but but what again? As I was saying, what I like about Scythe is you don't feel the need to engage in combat, no. and you still feel like you have a great game. You still yeah. feel like you enjoy it. Now again, that does completely fall away. If you play a six-player game of Scythe, it's like you have to fight. You will fight at some point just yeah. because you have three square, three hexes. Otherwise, it's like you've got to do. You, at some point, you've yeah. got to do it. And what's annoying then is if you're not fighting, you're probably not winning. Yes, exactly. Like exactly. the other players will be fighting. They'll probably be fighting for contesting for space or for victory points. And yeah. So if you're not fighting, you're being left alone because you've got very little going what on. What I do quite like about the, more, the bigger multiplayer games of Scythe is when the first person does do the combat, and everyone's like, ooh. <laughs> And it feels like that's it. It's like it's it is that feeling. To be fair, what it does capture, and I don't think it's necessarily meant to capture, because it, it is kind of like a loose first slash second. I think it's more first than it is I think second. It's set in the twenties. Yeah, so first world yeah. war Europe style thing. It does feel like everything's on a, in a big game. It feels like everything's on a knife edge until someone does something, and then everyone's like, right, that's my excuse over. <laughs> I'm invading you. I'm invading you. I'm invading you. And then it kind of all hell breaks loose, doesn't it? And everyone starts fighting yeah. each other. Which I enjoy, but sparingly. I much, much prefer a game where I can go around, investigate the world, do my own thing. Like I've said before, pursue my own strategies without being infiltrated by some hooligan who wants <laughs> my corn. Yes. But yeah, I love Scythe. I think it's it really is one of my favourites, and it's a game that, um, even though I'm really familiar with the world... I still really enjoy returning to. So the last one on our list is a classic, a classique. It is Pandemic by Zedman Games, designed by Matt Leacock. So Pandemic is a game probably everybody has heard of and played, but I think for us certainly, and I think for a lot of people, for co-ops for me, I find fall a bit... I, we're not massive co-op fans, to, to be to be fair. We're not massive co-op people, surprisingly actually. But we're not massive co-op people. Um, we quite like a bit of we quite like a bit of competition. But I, I think the, the way the pandemic is designed, though, it captures the competition so well in the adversary. Yes, the y- yes, that's very true. Yes, that's very true. And uh, yes, I think I think I think if we liked campaign games, we would be more co-op people. We just don't. Um, but anyway, as I was saying, the, what this does, I think, when you play co-ops with more than more than two people, for me, from my personal experience, I just find that it can be so, it's it's never as good as with two, particularly two people that are quite like-minded. Uh, in terms of the like myself and yourself, in terms of like we think differently, but we're quite like we'll we'll get in together and solve a puzzle together, and it yeah. becomes really like a puzzle that we're trying to then break down and solve. And I feel like it's something like pandemic; it captures it really well that we are on very much equal footing, and it's not one person being like, right, we're going to do this, this, and this, and this, this, and this. I think this depends on the vibe of your group, and in our experience, obviously, the, our group is two, and we both feel equally valued and 
legitimate in that group. I think maybe what you're getting at here is when you scale up and start to play with people who don't normally fall in your group, maybe left conf- less confident players, sometimes the decision-making it becomes uneven and a bit unweight, unbalanced. Yeah, yeah, and it's not even necessarily about alphas and people, alpha gamers types who are just controlling. I think in general, if someone's... People... In a cart, people can just... Alpha people is such a tedious phrase. Uh, really a tedious phrase. But people can also opt to be quiet. If they think things are going well, it's like, well, I don't I don't really have any extra opinions or extra things. Particularly if you don't know the game, you're like, well, I'll see how it's all unfolds kind of thing. Yeah. Um, and that's... Yes, yes, yeah. you're just kind of like... Yeah. You're just passenger. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. People can passenger. And not because... There's someone or people controlling it, but just because it's like, well, I don't have anything necessarily yeah. to add. And I think that's why playing it too. It's like you're kind of like you, you you're bouncing off each yeah. other and you're discussing it, and it's like you're not just one yeah. person being like, well, or two people being like leading this, it. It's like we've we've been strategizing, and one person suggests something. It's like, yeah, but we actually could do this, which would be more, uh, which would play out better for us, which yeah. is nice. Because it's like, oh yeah, I see what you're saying. Though it's it's nice to work together. Yeah, so I think I think this generally represents carp's for us, but particularly pandemic is a really great one because of just how. What, for us again it's at 45 minutes it's really quick and easy set yeah. up very simple and got maybe, great tension and drama in it yeah what? possibly season one of Pandemic Legacy is that the only campaign game we've ever completed ever completed yeah we completed that anyway there we go we did that it took us like two years we did it we did it yeah finished it on Christmas day didn't we we did Merry Christmas of 2019 which Merry- was very ominous yes yes it was very ominous <laughs> and then the world fell apart with a real <laughs> pandemic and it was like oh no so maybe that's why because we finished Pandemic Season 1 do you think so? That was it. We can never do another campaign again. No. So those were our uh, top eight multiplayer games that play really well too. We would love to know if you have any recommendations of multiplayer games that play well at two players because those are the games that Jack and I want to buy. Not that we need to be enabled, but please do enable us. But please enable us. Please help us be enabled, yes. Before we move on to uh, what's on the cards, can I just quickly ask you a favour? Lovely Me? podcast. No, not you. Oh. Stay, stay sitting down. Uh, podcast listener. Um, and that is, if you're not already, please do uh, subscribe to Board Games With My Wife, which is the podcast you're listening to at the moment. Um, if you could also leave us a review on iTunes and rate us five stars, please, five nice shiny stars, that would be really super. Apparently, reviews and ratings help other people find us and... Who doesn't want to be on board this waffle o'clock train? Who doesn't want to find this 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 slow train crash? <laughs> to Waffle Town. To Waffle Town, exactly, yes. Thank you for enjoying that little plug. Shall we talk about what's on the cards and been on the cards? What has been on the cards? We played We played two games, I'm pretty sure. We played two games, yeah, whereas we do always play two games. We well, don't always we never play two games, but we did play two games. And they were Wingspan. Wingspan. Takanoko. Takanoko, there we go. It's on the list. There we go. Takanoko, yes. We played Wingsman Takanoko last weekend, which was very fun. We liked both those games. It was really fun. We were going to play a more complex game after we played Concordia, but then we had a really busy week, and I just wanted to do a game that we could just, you know, veg out with and chill out with. And And Wingsman and Takanoko. Fit the bill. Absolutely fit the bill, and we really enjoyed them. Um, I forget every time we play Wingsman, we go back to that, and I'm like, oh my God, this is so elegant. Yeah, it is. The design of that is so nice. I think Hmm. engine builders, when they're... I think partly the design, Elizabeth Halbro's design is incredible, but also the des- the actual graphic design of the engine builder, where it's like the the yeah. um, the cube moves along as you activate the roads. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. it's just so like it's almost puzzle like how yeah. it fits together. Yeah, it is, um, yeah. It's really satisfying, um, and obviously we enjoy Takanoko. Mm-hmm. We haven't played that in I think maybe over two years, mm. but that's a store in our collection. It's one of the first games yes, we've ever is, bought, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, it is. What are we gonna play this weekend? What do you fancy? What do you fancy? I always say what I fancy. Because I often say what I fancy, you're like, mm, no. <laughs> what were we talking about earlier when you said that? Food. Food, yeah. I was like, should we have this? Mm, no. <laughs> well, you're always like, you're always like, Let, let's put a shopping list together. And you're like, what do you fancy for dinner? I'm like, this. And you're like, mm, no. <laughs> <laughs> I basically just want to eat pasta. Yeah. Seven days a week. I so happily would as well. I would as well, to be fair. Mm. We become pasta people. Mm. The best kind of people. What do you want to play? Uh, I don't know actually. I think I we'll have to give it some thought. That's a pretty surprise for next week. You vibing for anything? I'm not vibing for anything. You vibing for anything? You got any vibes? I do want to play a more kind of a bit of a heavier game. Well, let's play a heavier game then. Also, I also want to nap, which is you've the... got a constant internal struggle that you want the time to play a heavier game, but you also want the time to nap, and then also you accept that the learning of the heavier game will, will force you to nap. There's no learn. There's no learning I need to do. We haven't got any games left to play on heavy. That can't want... be correct. That can't be a statement that is correct. There, there aren't. What is oh, left to play? That is what true. Is yeah, there? there is true. Wow, there you go. Check us out. High sitting at the top of the. I think you'll like that. It's Deck Builder. Yeah, but it's War of the Worlds. You don't like the theme, do you? 
No. It's, I got, think a dog, you, it's got a doggo card in it. You tried to push it too hard on me and... Not for you. I resist. Awesome. <laughs> you did. You tried too hard. You made me listen to the Michael Sheen musical and I was like, shut up, Michael! Michael Sheen? Yes. Michael Sheen, Michael Sheen's not in it. He narrates it. Michael Sheen doesn't narrate War of the Worlds. On Audible, yes, he does. Oh, you mean... Oh, okay, so you... So, yeah, you're the talking... Bear, 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 so, you're talking about Jeff Wayne's War of the Worlds, which is an absolute classic, classic musical that was originally narrated by Richard Burton, I believe, and there's another one that's been narrated by Liam Neeson, which is the, which is the latest updated version of it, but the he plays the ju- the journalist, titular, titular main character of the, of the War of the Worlds. I don't think he's titular. He is, he's the War of the Worlds. He is the War of the Worlds. <laughs> that was a great use of titular. Um, <laughs> he uh, he is the of in the War of the Worlds, um, but yes. Yeah, so anyway, so he plays the main the main the main geezer, um, and he but is effectively the narrator of the story. So there's a version of on Audible, which actually you actually said you enjoyed it. So let's not get let's not cross cross hairs about this. It, uh, there's a version of Audible where it's a full cast production of of the war. It's basically the actual is it's the actual book of War of the Worlds with the musical laced into it without the song. I don't think it's got the songs in it. it hasn't got I the songs just don't the like, in it. The music, I think, is, no offence, fans of War of the Worlds, naff. And the story is, no offence, fans of War of the Worlds, naff. How is it a naff story? It's a classic story. Yeah, but... It literally is a classic story. Yeah, but sh- do we trust classics? Yeah, we should do. I don't think it's so. think of what it's spawned. I can still think it's naff and appreciate the impact it's had. It's also not, it's actually not naff. So you ever, have you ever read it? I've been forced to listen to Snippets. You listen to it through baited and then also like, through closed ears. Like, put the soundtrack onto me and I'm like, this is absolute trash garbage. I can't believe it. To any, anyone out there who is like loving <laughs> Jeff Wayne's War of the Worlds, you're my people. You're my people. people but actually, also, it's like you have like a really, really odd, strong attachment to War of the Worlds. I really love War of the Worlds. I love the story. I love the narrative. I love the story. I think it's really cool. It's also because it's, it's, what I like about it, and this is something that I regularly say to you all the time. One of my favourite settings. I don't necessarily like period. I don't necessarily like old and old and settings of things. What I love is like where things are set slightly in the past or a bit in the past, and technology just isn't the answer, and we haven't got like mobile that is phones. And like, I, I really, that just, it just was like it's always a cop out of like, oh, we've got the an EMP or we've got some some. What's f- an EMP? Electromagnetic pulse. They always use an EMP in these kinds of films. They've got an EMP. Well, exactly. They'll get Godzilla with an EMP or shove it up his butt and be like, "There you go, Godzilla EMP." That's 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 a violation. (laughs) Well, he's he's killing loads of people. So you know, that's what happened. They tried to build. They tried. I'm not going to spoil spoil nothing. Spoiler alert for the next Godzilla film. But um, (laughs) it's rubbish. you enjoyed it. You fell asleep. It's, what, yeah, it's, it's, exactly, it's exactly what you think it's going to be. It's, it's nothing more, nothing less of what you think it's going to be. It's a giant monkey fighting a giant lizard. Is King Kong a monkey? I think he's no, a he's great a, ape. He's, an ape, he's an ape, isn't he? He's an ape. He's a monkey. I, I think so. I think gorillas are apes. I yeah. think he looks like a gorilla. I think he's an ape. But he's, he's neither, actually. He's a fictional creature. <laughs> <laughs> But anyway, um, I really like I really like that setting of it feeling like oh they haven't got like fancy flash technology where someone gets like stuck in the middle of nowhere. There's not like mobile phones or anything that can be used in those sort of scenarios. I think it's I just, I just like that kind of setting. It it's is really nice cool. because also I feel like we're being mumbo jumboed with the new so technology. often with modern sci-fi like, films. Mm-hmm. It's like we're gonna use the flubble flabber and, and disconnect their blibbly blobs. It's like <laughs> not these, the blobs. These are aliens that have come from another galaxy. There is no way that whatever the hell we use it's gonna like it's gonna be like ants rocking up to someone's house and being like right we've got these sticks <laughs> and grass and we're gonna out maneuver these humans <laughs> although if they were full size maybe they would yeah, if, if they were full size they'd just eat us because they, they wouldn't use the sticks and grass they'd use their strong mandibles yeah it'd be like okay it'd be like another kind of animal it'd be like an animal that's like that would just rock up and just be like I don't know like 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 badgers just being like we're, we, they've got dirt and like badgers and things. are terrifying they have incredibly strong claws do you know that a badger is a predator of a hedgehog and can prise it apart to eat it solid. yeah but if I hit it in the head with a spade I don't think it would come back if you hit, I hit you in the head with a spade I don't think you'd come back <laughs> also that's like not exactly technology answer we're going to fight them with spades <laughs> Anyway, well, no choice. Spade. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, as I was saying, so I really like those kinds of settings, and I like the, 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 the I like the terror of it and the fear of it, and how it's it's an extermination film and it's, it's an extermination story that just kind of it just it just does it does a good job of that. It just captures that very well. It does a job. Um, but that's a, that's a, an argument for another time, perhaps. We basically had it already. <laughs> um, I think that's all she wrote today. That is all she wrote. We'll be back next time with your 
my top 20 games of all time updated yeah. 2021 hot, edition hot off the press yeah of your top 20 games so that should be a good episode uh, let's see how many I can get right this time I think you did quite you, well for me I did quite year. well for you but you, you did very well for me the first time but then I don't know how I'm going to do this year it depends how you approach it, it up. it depends if you do a me and go rogue I just think I'll like... go rogue which is why it'd be easier for you possibly but I think I will go a bit rogue because we've played quite a few things in that in that time actually we have and also, it's like also our gaming our a... gaming habits have changed in terms of we're playing a lot more shorter games, so mm-hmm. it's like that has changed a bit. So that mm-hmm. might shake shake the tree a little bit. Yeah, we actually um, I'm just before we wrap up, um, we said we were going to play Pipeline um, again because it was threatening to break into your top twenty. and It didn't last you because mm-hmm. we only played it once. We still haven't played it again. <laughs> Nigga, we'll play that this weekend then. God no. Anyway, on that note, no offence, Pipeline. We'll see you next time. Have a lovely day, whatever you're doing. And... Conclusion. Conclusion.